It's Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. We speak with longtime Magento community member Aaron Stanek from Inju. We discuss all the changes in the community over the years as well as the state of Magento and its brand. We finish off with a discussion of the importance of experience in the client-agency relationship. And now, your free joke. What does Jeff Bezos do before going to bed? He puts his pajamas on. You see, you have to put PJ and Amazon together. I never have to explain my jokes. Wait, I always have to explain my jokes. <laughs> the Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this episode. Today, I have Aaron Stanick. Aaron is a longtime uh, Magento community member. I think at least 25 years you've been in the com- in the Magento community. Um, Aaron, um, why don't you go ahead, do an introduction, uh, tell us uh, what you do on a day to day on your day to day life, and then maybe one of your passions. Okay, thanks, Brent. It's great to to be here. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Adam Aaron Stanich. I'm uh, currently uh, exploring what the future holds. I was uh, for 12 years uh, involved or employed at Inchu, a Croatian-based e-commerce uh, agency. Uh, Inchu is a very famous wor- a famous uh, company in the Magento world, at least. Uh, so I- I've spent my uh, my the most of my 12 years there as one of the co-owners as well. I was uh, mostly working around sales, marketing activities, and I worked a lot with merchants, right? Directly with merchants. Uh, so one of my passions, as, as, as you put it, so other than e-commerce and UX in particular around e-commerce, one of my passions is, is running. Uh, I can't say that it's as much of a passion as it is for you because I cannot pull off those mileages uh, or anything similar, especially in those temperatures that you do your runs. Uh, but that has been sort of a passion for my wife and myself. Uh, we started running actually in 2019 and little did we know that that habit will 
actually get us through COVID and pandemic uh, with some degree of sanity. Wow. Okay, that's great. And I think you you've been to the Big Dam Run, so um, right? I, I'm I'm sure I've seen pictures of you at the Big Dam Run. So was it that 2019 was your first Big Dam Run, or it must be since you started running in 2019? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I did run here and there even before that. I used to play basketball actually back in high school and, and throughout college. Uh, but yeah, Big Damn Run was the one and only for me in 2019. Yeah. It was the first time I was running in the desert and you know, it, it felt great. It was a great, great uh, thing. But even before that, I used to have these 5K or 3K runs that were in, that were uh, organized uh, at various other Magento meetings, right? So we organized the Developers Paradise back in 2016 in Croatia, and then we organized two Meet Magentos in Osijek, in our hometown here in, in Croatia. So each of those uh, events also had its own small mage run as a part of the agenda. Great, yeah. So let's talk today about Magento and the Magento Association and where the community's going um what you, you've been involved in the association or have you been involved at some level and what what are you what are, what is your thought on what's happening at the moment yeah so i haven't been formally involved with magento association as such i was involved in in meet magento association back back in the days because we were organizing these events and we were you know constantly you know not just organizing, attending a lot of these events, and we, we were also part of some task forces back in the day. But now, you know, since maybe since 20, again, 2019, maybe around the, the time and before Adobe took over completely, you know, Magento Association had its, I don't think it ever had exact clarity, right, on, on what it should be after it took over from Meet Magento Association because it was a very turbulent time and it still is uh, around the ecosystem and, and especially in the community. And now with the latest, you know, pulls to the fork side, right, uh, that you heard and uh, with the Mosca, uh, with the Magento Open Source Community Alliance uh, being opened up, I think that this is very interesting times. <laughs> I, I've noticed that with the initial Mosca initiative, uh, it, it sort of opened up Magento Association in a way to organize the task force that Willem Wigman was also then, then involved in. Uh, but from the latest uh, things that he wrote, I believe on Twitter, I, I don't think that he's, he's that thrilled with how some of the conversations went uh, around the whole uh, Magento and keeping the brand or not keeping the brand within the Adobe uh, ecosystem. So we'll see. I am actually very curious and anxious to see what, what Mosca comes back with next, because I was just checking before the call, there hasn't been official uh, communication from the Magento Open Source uh, Community Alliance since I believe November, right? Uh, because then they were involved with Magento Association as uh, members of task force that was supposed to come up with a way of, of how to keep Magento community or Magento Open Source now still alive, right? So in, in one way or another. Uh, I, for one, would be, you know, very disappointed if it, if Adobe just simply, you know, gave up on, uh, on Magento community, right, on Magento open source. 
And I can completely, I can totally relate to a lot of people, especially contributors to the Magento open source, uh, who would feel in a way betrayed. Maybe it's a harsh word, but, but I do understand that point because when you're contributing to an open source initiative, obviously there's, there's a notion then, okay, if you're contributing, if you're putting your time and effort and it's free, right. And you know that it's free, uh, then should you expect anything in return? And I don't think that anyone who was actually contributing did expect initially anything in return. That it, but with the open source contributions, it's sort of inherent that there is not necessarily a quid pro quo, but the, 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 the sharing, you know, uh, you're sharing not because you want something back and not because you expect something back, but it's understood that by this sharing, it will be better for everyone around you. You know, what I was thinking about it when, when, when you obviously, you also have, 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 uh, you're also our father. I'm, I'm a father of two kids. Uh, one is 10, one is seven. And for them, you know, the first things that we are learning, we are teaching them is, is how to share. We're, we're not talking to them about individual, uh, ownership and private property and IPs. We're teaching them that it's not really good to hold on to something, to the toy or to the food or anything that you should share with someone else. Not just because then they will share with you, but because it's a decent thing to do. And uh, I believe that open source is a great way of, of organizing um, efforts of individuals and agencies alike to, to add value to any ecosystem. And over here we have 12, 13, 15 years, whatnot of, of people really heavily contributing and now for it all to not necessarily fall apart, but for them to feel like it's, it has not again been for nothing. Obviously a lot of people have made a uh, very decent living and have brought, uh, you know, their careers on a different path because of Magenta and because of what Magenta open source was and still is, but you know, it, it sort of has, has some of, the, of a bad taste, you know, uh, it leaves an aftertaste <laughs> in your mouth and, uh, I'm very curious to see where this is going. I, I I'm actually, uh, I can't say that I'm, ha I'm having a preference. Obviously it would be great if, if Adobe, you know, uh, showed, uh, that they're, they understand the value and the strength of Magento open source and to, to not simply disregard it. But even if it happens, you know, if it's, you know, business uh, as such, uh, then I, I, I would welcome, uh, uh, an initiative that comes up with, with a fork because, uh, in the open source world of e-commerce softwares, I don't think that there's anything still, uh, there that can meet, that can match Magento's, uh, community and Magento's feature set, right? So there are contenders, definitely shopware is one of them. And there has been, uh, Cilius and others, but you know, no one is still really there yet. And it would be a huge waste to just, you know, ditch it altogether. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not only just the feature set, it's also the ability to add all of your own features without having to have some external service as your feature. Uh, in a SaaS platform, you're going to yeah. have to have some external service that connects via APIs. And the ability to do that inside of Magento is, is another uniqueness that it has. 
Um, I have a theory on why Adobe doesn't, it, why it seems like Adobe is squashing the Magento name or doesn't seem to care about open source. So if you think about all the people now that have, that are making these decisions, nobody at Adobe that's making these decisions is left from Magento. All the senior management is Adobe senior management. And their goal is to create a suite around all the different Adobe Enterprise products and have a complete experience for the user. Uh, all their products are enterprise products. So it makes sense that Adobe Commerce is a part of that suite. And why would they pay attention to anything that doesn't be, that isn't part of it, right? So if their goal is to get clients that can work in this, uh, in this um, enterprise suite of products, so Experience Manager and Target and all the other products that make up the Adobe suite, um, their, their priority and their goals are not anything around, hey, let's get people onto a free version of it. I think that Experience Manager is, a, is Apache Sling, and there's a free version out there to use, right? There's no talk about that, and there's no community around that. And there, I'm sure, that actually, there's probably a small community around it, but there's nothing that resembles what is the Magento community, which incorporates hundreds of thousands of people. So I think the mistake that Adobe is making is that they are forgetting where the software came from, and they're forgetting about the path that smaller and medium-sized businesses will take to get to the point in which they now are in they they now will be could be part of that Adobe suite that would would incorporate experience manager and all the other parts of that puzzle that Adobe would like to assemble to make a complete experience solution for users. I I agree. I agree with that. Definitely. Uh, and well, another thing is, you mentioned that small and medium, medium businesses might, you know, that, that the open source might be their path towards this enterprise level. But uh, uh, I, I'm not sure that that would necessarily be the case, at least for the majority of small and medium sized businesses that were usually, that were originally using Magento 1 to begin with. Uh, even Magento 2, when there were still no talks of, of, of uh, squashing open source or anything well it was still you know alive and kicking uh, magenta 2 was still maybe a tad too complex and uh, uh, overly robust let's put it that way for for the needs of those really small and medium-sized businesses uh, and they make up the vast majority of implementations of magenta globally even 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 now uh, so for them even if magenta stays uh, as such as Magento Open Source or, or some within some other name, it, it is its complexity is sort of mm, losing its complexity is not yet getting it uh, too much of an appeal that Magento One used to have towards the uh, in the eyes of those small businesses because they want something that's fairly quickly set up that they can start selling tomorrow and even in the pandemic during the pandemic right there was. When, when the lockdown started, uh, I remember that, that big commerce had a huge, in the UK, big commerce had a huge uh, uh, marketing effort saying, you, you'll get online with us in 24 hours, 
right? You could not do that essentially with Magento or even with some other open source platforms. You could if you had a really good team and they had all the time in the world just for you. But but SaaS platforms or software as service platforms such as Shopify and BigCommerce actually uh, took advantage of, of this, right? Of not just the pandemic, but also of, of where Magento 2 went and with all the issues that Magento 2 had in the previous versions and sort of a lot of those small and medium sized businesses sort of rolled over. And you can see if you're looking at built with or some other platforms, you can see where, where businesses who used to be on Magento are now, right? Where, where did they go? So uh, unless they stayed with open source, and in that case, they might be still Magento 2, even still Magento 1, or maybe have considered Shopware or, or WooCommerce, if they're really, really uh, simple businesses. Then you, you have the other ones, uh, the other huge batch that have actually moved away to towards the SaaS platforms. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. Uh, the messaging from Shopify for the longest time has been their platform is easy and Magento is super complicated. Um, I know that uh, Derek Harlick and myself, um, you know, way back in 2015 or 2016, did a presentation on getting Magento up and running in 90 minutes and selling something to the audience right there. Um, and so, you know, it, it can be done, but you're exactly right. The complexities that are there and the way that the admin is presented, um, gives you everything you need and more. And, you know, sometimes just just like uh, on a SaaS platform, there's guardrails around it. You can only do so much. You can't do everything you can do in Magento. And if you were to say or, or even hide some of those things, maybe Magento would be more popular. I know that, you know, we had for a long time, we had the client uh, of Universal Music and um they uh, th the problem was that their the people that were deciding what they would like in their store knew they could do anything they wanted, and when you can do anything you want, and then you run up to to saying, okay, well, you can do anything you want, but you have to also spend that much time and money to get anything you want. Um, so with with a, a SaaS base, you suddenly say, well, you can get almost anything you want. Here's what you can have choose from this and that a lot yeah. of times and helps then, people to again, determine what the other, they need yeah. on the other hand they sort of promise you other things so maybe you are limited in terms of the feature set and features and the integrations that you may may have but they promise you the uptime and they promise you the stability of the platform and they tell you it's for your own good Right, uh, and uh, I, I, I can sort of see that. But for example, I think that there's something also else also here involved. Uh, if you take a look geographically, right, uh, where SaaS has higher uh, market share, that's U.S., that's Canada, that's Australia. That, those are your let's say single market countries primarily. While in Europe, where there are a lot of different small countries, not if you disregard, you know, Germany and UK and all of these huge ones, then if you're a business, you're usually operating regionally, not just nationally. And you have to take care of various tax, taxes. Uh, you have to take care of multi-languages, multi-currencies, or local regulations. And this is where actually open source uh, gives you the ability 
and the flexibility that you need. Uh, even out of the box, Magento supports multi-language, multi-currency. So in Europe, and, and if you think of that and, and connect it with who is leading the, the now Magento Open Source Community Alliance, if you take a look at the people, they're mostly you know 90% European based. Right? There, there are not that many uh, Americans actually who are involved in that. Uh, because, again, they have either leaned towards the Adobe Commerce and the professional enterprise level side, or they're in the SaaS business. Because SaaS makes sense, makes much more sense, and it's much easier to to adopt in in a single market, such as the you know, US. So, in that sense, I believe that, that open source um, can meet the needs of European businesses still much uh, on a much higher level than, than any SaaS can. Obviously, you can, even with Shopify and BigCommerce, you can add plugins that allow you to, to have or, or go with Shopify Plus, then it opens up and you have the ability of multi-language, multi-currency and all of these things. But in its nature, you know, open source is, is much more flexible and it can uh, respond to the ever-changing regulations of the European Union uh, in a much better way than than uh, than it, it is the case with the SASs. and it's easier at the end of the day it's it's much easier and it, a lot of you know uh, surveys have shown that and a lot of different researches that the ease of doing business in, in us as compared to eu is is much higher so there, there are very little regulations very little friction uh you you have an idea or a product you want to start selling online go ahead do it over here, you have to jump through several hoops, and especially then you have to hire an accountant who can explain to you a lot of the, the details and intricacies about how much can you sell to a specific country and how much then you can you have to tax uh, when you when you reach a certain threshold. So, and these nuances cannot be done probably with SaaS as easily as they can with open source. I just want to back up to some what you said about Mosca and uh, and there's two points like the 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 Mosca people you know they decided they they're going to do this fork and then I, I do want to talk about the speed of change and the amount of people in those decision making processes and how long it takes. So I, I I do disagree a little bit about the the fact that the Mosca was I feel like the Mosca decision was made in a bubble in Europe. And I, I wasn't exactly consulted. Or I wasn't on the, I wasn't in the inner circle, in that. You know, I didn't know it was happening until after it happened, right? So, um, and I, I also realized that there was, there wasn't an effort to bring it to a broader community because they would like to make this quick. They would like to make this a little bit quicker than, if you have more people, there's going to be more disagreements. Um, so I don't disagree that the Mosca initiative is is um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to keep things rolling. I don't a hundred percent agree with the fork. However, I do feel like if Adobe's not going to listen, if Adobe's going to sit, continue to sit on the bench and not and not recognize that there's a strong community, that the fork is a great option. But I do feel like because. Uh, Willem and and the team there recognize that if they don't do something, and if they try to incorporate too many people, that that speed in which it takes to get agreement on what they would like to do is gonna it's gonna stall and and you're never gonna agree on anything, right? You're gonna be stagnated. 
Um, so, I, you know, going back to that, I, I do want to talk about, you know, I, I know that Karen Baker has continually talked about the fact that we need to be an inclusive community. And, it, you know, she has a lot of very strong opinions. There are also going to be very strong opinions in the opposite, right? And that then turns into stagnation. So how do we make, how do we keep this moving forward without this just being a European centric organization? Well, what's wrong with it being centered in Europe? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I do agree with that. So uh, with, with the notion that, that the speed is here also very important. I, I sort of had a feeling that, that Adobe is sort of letting the time clock play out. Uh, just, just letting it play out and then we'll see what happens, right? Uh, if it comes to that, then, then we might need to react or not. And I believe that you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that some of those decisions and everything stems from the fact that there are no more original Magento people left at Magento Adobe, right? So, so starting with, with Roy and Yoav and moving on towards for generations and generations of these people, yeah, you are completely correct. So then you have a feeling that uh, the care for this product and for the community is in the hands of the community itself. You don't have strong uh, organization or, or leadership that's, you know, that has been throughout these years running this product. And that's definitely a challenge, right? If you don't know who is exactly calling the shots and how are these people decided or who decides that they are calling the shots, then you may get into a point where, where there's just too much noise and uh, too many distractions for them to be able to, to create anything. So inevitably, in the way I see it, there's going to be, have to be, if the fork is, is, is really going forward, there's going to have to be uh, some type of an, some entity <laughs> behind it, right? Uh, leading it, calling the shots, and, and uh, if not getting, you can't have, you know, 100%, you know, democracy in these things, uh, because we didn't have it even when it was still open source within Adobe, within Magento. You still had contributions and pull requests and everything, and someone had to, you know, uh, prioritize. So yeah, somehow I think people what... were thinking, yeah, people were thinking that Magento Association was going to take over the charge or, or, uh, or the care for the product, right? For the uh, open source product. But that was not even the initial idea. I don't think that that was why Magento Association at the beginning started. It was uh, organized to, to, again, take over from it, Magento Association, but to be more of a facilitator of, of networking and then knowledge exchange and those kinds of things, right? So we are now somewhere, you know, on the fence or in, in between, you know, whether someone will, you know, uh, step up and say, okay, we're doing it this way, you know, take it or leave it, and then we'll take it or we'll leave it. Uh, if not, I think if, if, if this gets dragged on for too long, then I don't think that that, that works for anyone. Yeah, and you know, take it or leave it is a good way to put it, and sometimes take it or leave it is decided on 51%. 
Um, <laughs> so there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a very small uh, minority that doesn't agree with what you're doing. But you know, again, these decisions have to be made. Um, and I guess the only way to do it is just to weigh it in, in the court of public opinion in terms of how the Magento community is viewing it. Um, I do, I do want to circle back again to the European centric because the reality is, you know, the reality is, is that, that there's a lot of people in America that don't, that don't have any stake in this. They don't really care. You know, I, I, um, I can probably count on my two hands the amount of people in the U.S. Maybe it's more than that, but the people that um, are that have some still have some passion about it. The, the the passion for Magento is definitely still rooted in Europe. Uh, the bulk work of Magento is being done in India. Let's face it. You know, um, there's a ton of people. There's tens of tens of thousands of Magent Magento developers in India, but they don't. Their, their voice is, is heard in a different way. So, um, you know, if anything, maybe there has to be a strong voice coming out of South Asia as well to help push this. But I think from a commercial standpoint, and we always have to go back to Adobe has a commercial vision for their product. And does this open source product fit into their commercial vision? If it doesn't, we have to help them understand how it can um, if, if it, um, and if they're not going to listen, uh, you know, then, then, then the fork is, is an inevitable, but I will say that as soon as that letter came out, I think the next day Adobe had a post that said, no, we're, we're committed to this product and here's why blah, blah, blah. Now, the ironic part of that is that, that, you know, I, I can't remember the person's name at the moment, um, uh, but he's gone. He's not part of the. <laughs> He's not even part of this effort anymore. So again, there's been turnover and there's new people that have no vision or they have no history of what Magento has been. And so they, they have no idea why this should be at all important. Uh, and yeah, what, just one, yeah, one more point about the board the, of uh, the, the other part of a Magento association is a lot of the people that were involved in that these first two years of board of board level membership are gone, right? I think Ben Marks was on the original board as an advisor. He's gone. Yeah. Gita was on the board, and I believe he's gone as well now. So some of those people that have a, a strong opinion about where it should go are gone. Yeah, you, you, you are completely right there. Yeah, so, so we'll see. The funny thing is that you mentioned India as, as one of the uh, very important areas or regions where, where, where a lot of bulk of Magento work and implementations and even globally is being done, not just in, but from. So, uh, and uh, I noticed on the Magento Association uh, page that the next event or the only one in between, I don't know, two or three events that are left in the Meet Magento ecosystem is the one in India, right? It should be. It should happen uh, in early February, right? And then it's followed up by by Mexico event, and I'm not sure what. Yeah, it's called. Uh, we have a Baltics event scheduled for May, so we'll see what what happens there. So you know, there, there's still some 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 of those efforts and organizations doing it. You did mention a really good point uh, uh, about U.S. agencies not really getting not necessarily invested, but uh, involved in, in all these areas, they don't see their own benefit, right? So you with Wagento and, and I believe 
a handful of other agencies that I've known from you know, these 12 years, like Shiro and, and Creativity, who are based in, in US, are, are still there. But, but a lot of others were either acquired maybe by some other agents, by Accentures and whatnot, you know, of the, of the world, but by those higher, li larger agencies, or they have also switched, right, towards um, other solutions. So yeah, definitely that, that, that's why you, you see that European centrism <laughs> around, around this. So it's, it's you know, interesting times definitely ahead. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see where, where this all goes. Yeah, I think gone are the days of the single Magento agency who only does Magento. Um, unless you are a, you know, a Vimo of the world that has that clout and enough business to sustain that at that high level, it is difficult to, to um, operate in there. Uh, just, I think, one last point on this on the American side. Um, as these agencies solidify and get bigger, the management also has a commercial vision of the product, and the people who remembered uh, what what Magento was and where it came from are also gone. And so yeah. from a leadership standpoint at agencies, if those agencies have no, um, have no recollection of why it should happen and, and, and their team isn't part of that community, then there's also going to be a disparity in how that agency reacts to events and uh, things like that. And I think we've, We've seen it, um, you know, mainly at the sponsorship level. You know, it's been difficult to organize events in the U.S. Uh, they are assuming it's 100% going to be a developer event, which it, you know, it traditionally has been. But like Mage Titans was a good example of how the, it worked well yeah. in Europe, but did not work well in the U.S. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Yeah, because it was always, <clears throat> let's put it this way, business oriented rather than, than community oriented. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, one thing that I, that I saw with Adobe's acquisition, obviously Adobe's and other companies similar to Adobe, they're acquiring a lot of different businesses. And it, it's usual, it's normal for them to, to, to then absorb that product that they have acquired or an agency or whatever within their own you know, system, uh, rename it, rebrand it, whatever. I think that Magento is maybe the first one that, that where Adobe in, in their own uh, acquisitions felt uh, the pushback, right? Such, such a pushback from, from the community. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, scale and the, the, the real business numbers, high, high numbers, for them, this is small. You know, this is a small piece of, of, of a pie, but it creates much greater noise <laughs> than, than it's probably worthy in their mind. Uh, I, I just can't help think of that, you know, someone, you know, uh, at the top level saying, okay, what are these guys even talking about? You know, what, what kind of community, open source, what are we talking about? Okay, how, how do we get rid of them? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and why should we care about it? It doesn't hurt us as a brand, right? So I think that, that on some level, some of these conversations are also taking place. Yeah, I'm just writing that down. You said, how should we get rid of them? <laughs> That's, you know, and unfortunately, it's partially true. Um, they would like uh, they would like it to all go away, and and their vision uh, of where it should be. I think okay, so let's we well, let's just close out this topic on yeah. on the Magento stuff. But I think that if um, 
the, you know, we've identified the main problem with the Magento Association and Adobe has been communication. And Mosca really um, highlighted the fact that, hey, if we make a lot of noise and somebody's going to answer, right? So Magento Association <laughs> yeah. has answered and Adobe has answered. Um, but I think, you know, the vision of where Adobe would like to see um, the Magento open source is so muddled that yeah. if they were to just come out with a clear statement, that would that would be such a, a you know a boost for the community. And honestly, it it wouldn't hurt their enterprise side of things. There's no downside to committing to something on the open source, even say even having a public or having some public statements about open source and saying how important it is to the community. There's absolutely no because they could change their mind in a year and, and again we would be back in the same spot and they would there would be nothing lost to them because the reality too is that the enterprise level uh, clients out there who aren't using community they don't care about community either <laughs> right it's it's um, it's it's the developers and it's the merchants who are using it and 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 have uh, who believe in it that those are the ones that really have something in it yeah, that the stake, in it. yeah in it. and and those you know third-party provi service providers who lean on to merchants wherever they are right and if they see that there are hundreds of thousands of businesses on a particular platform then they they will create an integration for that particular platform right we're talking about the erps or search engines or whatever so yeah uh, you mentioned it wouldn't hurt but i think that anything that they that would come now from adobe without it feeling that that it's really honest and that there's substantial not just thought process but that there's any that there's real substance behind it would just you know backfire so so from my point you mentioned that the vision is muddled i don't think that there's any vision <laughs> at all yeah i very, think you're right very frank i don't think that, yeah. that the vision exists for them for for the open source and it's very difficult for someone probably to, to just come out and say that yeah, I think the same thing um, from the Magento Association. I think what we've seen is a, uh, a announcement in in around Magento Connect, which I think happened in September or October, right? And uh, and they said uh, that that uh, there's a commit there there's going to be things happening from their side, and that uh, there's a podcast coming out um, that's going to help you know, support the Magento community. Well, actually, they, they didn't say what. The podcast is a commercial podcast, and it's it's just advertising Magento <laughs> uh, as a platform. And and uh, I guess, I don't know if you've listened to it, but, you know, my, my complaint, and I'm on the membership committee for the Magento Association. So, you know, our goal on the membership community is to grow membership, right? And I would think the best thing to do in a podcast is to make a short commercial for the Magento Association to join. And right now it's completely free. So here, my, my commercial right now is go to magentoassociation.org forward slash join and join. It's free, right? And eventually it's going to be, there's going to be a paid membership, but right now it's free. And uh, there'll probably be some incentives if you're already a member that you'll be a founding member, blah, blah, blah. So that's my little that's my little pitch on on why you should join but you know the the um i think that there there is a lack of cohesive vision from the magento association there is a vision but i don't think it's it's communicated well that's that's my yeah. my thought and, on that uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it all comes down to communication, and it's probably something that we'll talk about in, in, in the in the next next part of the conversation as well. How important communication it is, not just between the, the members of the ecosystem, but in between you know the relationships between agencies and merchants. So yeah, definitely with 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 now the task force that was established right around Magento Open Source. Uh, I think that the community lacks some, some again, some clarity and communication uh, on where the task force is, what they are talking about. The only thing I believe that we heard was, you know, those couple of tweets from Willem uh, a week ago or something like that. So yeah, that communication yeah. Is, is key in, in everything. Yeah. So let's move to agency discussions and and communication is mm -hmm. a great uh, is a great thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's your approach from the agency side to make sure your clients are happy? Well, you know what we did at Inju throughout these years. We, we okay, we created, we made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> we did uh, some some good things as well. <laughs> but the, the the one thing that I would strike as, as the most important thing in any agency client relationship. Uh, in any business relationship whatsoever is, is actually managing expectations now because if a client comes if a merchant comes to an agency or looks for an agency they have to be very clear first and foremost uh, in front of themselves what it is that they expect from an agency right uh, do they expect them to be a partner true partner and then they will you know rely on their advice and then maybe uh, hire them not just for the technical and for the development part but also for some of the e-commerce marketing activities <clears throat> or are they just looking for someone to code the solution right that's one of the most important things to have as as initial conversations then and then you as an agency can also decide whether you want to establish this kind of relationship if there's someone who is just looking for you to create a technically sound solution then they will then take over and manage and run on their own okay perfectly fine if we can meet halfway if the expectations are okay then it's a great place to start on the other hand if you as an agency are looking for partners or for merchants who you can partner with who you can grow with and help them grow, then you probably would not be that willing to take such clients who you see early on uh, that they don't see you again as equals or someone who can contribute to the growth, the bottom line, but just expect you to deliver the code that is flawless, obviously. So those are the initial conversations. So what are the expectations? What do you expect from this relationship? And then it, it goes even beyond that. Obviously, you have to talk about the budget expectations and the overall you know, total cost of ownership. And, and within the e-commerce and within, especially with the open source, there's a lot of education that has to happen uh, from both ends, right? You have to understand the, the client's business, but you have to also help the client, the merchant, understand options and weighing these options and, and uh, teach them that it's not a good idea to 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 overload, you know, to over to blow the uh, the installation with fifteen hundred extensions, hoping that because each of them is doing their own part, everything will magically happen. We are not in the microservices yet, <laughs> so if. If we're, you know, there's, there has been a lot of, a ton of conversations around these kinds of things, you know, because the, the, again, 
it's, it comes down to communication. Sometimes someone from the Magento side has communicated that, you know, uh, it's, it's open source, it's free, then you have uh, thousands of extensions on the marketplace that you can simply plug and play and help your business, uh, help your uh, installation, you know, be more complex. Uh, and then you have to manage again the expectations, uh, not not tell them that it was completely wrong, but explain why it's not exactly like that. <laughs> uh, and then when you're in that position, and th this is what has happened to me a lot of time, a lot of the times, is when you are, have a good understanding of the product, which you should have if you're talking to a potential customer, to a potential client, then you're not avoiding some of the difficult conversations. Sometimes you're even opening them if you know that they are crucial to managing expectations properly. And then that puts you in a lousy position because someone else is just pitching the solution, right? Someone else is just pitching the product, just the benefits. Again, it depends who you have on the other side. If you have a person on the other side who recognizes that and who understands and who is not looking for yes people on the other hand, on the other side of the table, then you've opened up the doors to, to some proper relationships down the road. Uh, but for me over the years, you know, it, it's been a hassle sometimes managing, um, not, 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 let's say, not, not, uh, not saying anything against uh, Magento, but uh, understanding why their marketing and why, they, why their sales team does not know the product really well. <laughs> it's because the knowledge of the product and the uh, potential issues and the downsides and the comparisons between others would inevitably uh, put them in, in, a, in, in a worse position. You know, it will not help themselves, right? If you're talking primarily about benefits and what the product gives you and then hand it off to an agency who needs to implement that everything that you have promised, then it's easier. Then the hard work comes, comes down, comes back, back to you. Uh, so, so the experiences have been, you know, you have to be very open, very open, very honest, because at the end of the day, if you overpromise, someone will end up hurting. You know, uh, it will be either your product, uh, your project development team, or your, even your project manager, who then will be uh, in a pickle, or inevitably there is going to be issues on the client side as well, because the new solution that you put out will not be what they thought it would be, or what they, what they hoped it would be. So this is where, where I believe open source in general has to have these conversations with SaaS platforms. It's, it's, let's say that the conversations are faster. It's, it's, you have that, it works in that way. Can I tweak it? No. Okay. Right. Then so that means, yeah, I can, so that, that means I have to adopt my business model to the platform. Yes. Take it or leave it again. Right. So it's, it's faster. It's, it's clear, uh, with open source, you can do everything. But that doesn't mean you should, right? yeah. because it, it, it then jeopardizes the stability of the system. It jeopardizes you know, the business model as a whole if you start doing all too many, you know, customizations. So managing these kinds of expectations has, has been, in my book, you know, crucial for establishing good, solid, honest, long-term client relationships. So um, I gave a talk at 
Magento Imagine 2015, and the title of my talk was What to Expect When You're Not Expecting. And it was ex <laughs> it, you hit on many of the same topics, so education, uh, uncom uncomfortable conversations has been one of the main parts of my talks at these events. My original talk was in Meet Magento or Magento Live Germany. And, mm -hmm. you know, my my thought was I want to educate merchants on on what to expect from an agency and, and how to maybe navigate some of those communication points. And the funny part about that was um, all the people that raised their hands were developers. So, you know, you have developers, agencies, and merchants, and the ones that are struggling the most are the developers who are on their own, who don't, who, who don't, maybe they're not communication savvy. And, you know, I think the makeup of a developer isn't exactly how well they communicate with people. Their makeup, a really good developer is a good developer because they're they're engrossed in their technology. They're not necessarily engrossed in how well they communicate with the client. So I think uh, you've, you've hit them all exactly right on the point. Um, I think that um, the, the best thing Adobe could do is have an engineer on a call with a client to help the client understand what they can and can't do. But the thing is that happens, especially on Magento, the client will find out they can do it, and then they'll find out, well, that's going to be 500 hours. And they're like, well, no, it shouldn't be that much. I want to do it in 200 hours. And then there's somebody at the agency, a salesperson normally, who would say, yeah, we'll figure it out. Let's let's get this signed. And that's, yeah. you know, starting from the sales cycle, and you hit it on the head as well from the, you know, how Magento used to sell a Magento Enterprise. For the salespeople start that and it ends up having to be cleaned up by the project management team. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's even, you know, that, that's, that's all of these things are coming from us, you know, being immersed in, in Magento as a product for these 10 or 12 years. So you cannot even blame, you know, some of these people who are actually also doing their own job because a lot of those people, especially in the sales and marketing, haven't been, taught or in a different way or haven't been directed with their job description. And, and I understand completely from that standpoint, right, that we touched on previously, from the business standpoint, it's about the numbers, right? It's about this, the new logos, <laughs> how did they put it, right? The new sales, right? And then someone else, you know, has to clean up the mess, right? And then when you have invested uh, several thousand hours maybe in a solution, uh, then it's not that easy to take on that, you know, sunk cost notion, right? And forget about it. Let's move away and start something new. Then, then you're sort of stuck. Uh, and if, again, from the Magento standpoint, from the open source perspective of e-commerce software, there's nothing yet there that's matching Magento. Uh, so anyone who has a fairly complex website, uh, especially if they want to, create a lot of these things, even if they're on, even with the notion that they're on e-commerce, on, sorry, on open source, they sometimes feel stuck, you know, because they, they might want to move away from Magento, but they understand that it's very difficult to, to then replicate that in anything else. Yeah. And sometimes impossible. Yeah. 
Um, so I just we we only have five minutes left. So let's let's <laughs> we have to close out. Unfortunately, we have to close out this conversation. But you know, just to recap what you said earlier, you know, the expectations of the client should be uh, should be you should learn those that the agency needs to learn the expectations of the client at the start of the project. I'm an advocate of bringing the salesperson in because oftentimes too, this, the a client will say, well, I was promised this. And what the client hears sometimes is different than what the salesperson says. So, you know, that's all just meeting expectations. And then education, I think is what you said next. So listening to the client helping them understand the way things are going to go, and then um, also helping them to understand. So the client has to do some education, and we have to do some education as an agency. Yep. And then uh, I think that the, just to key in on that, what you said about having those difficult conversations and, and making sure you talk about them as soon as you can, because the longer you wait, the longer there is for that time to pass and the client to say, well, you should have told me this a month ago. Uh, you know, we could have dealt with it then. Uh, none of the none of the waiting around is going to help anybody. Um, is it? Yeah. Did I did I that, summarize what you have said earlier pretty well? Perfectly. <laughs> All right. So, Aaron, what is so you just briefly what uh, what does your future look like? Uh, what what are you planning on? Well, uh, again, as I mentioned, I'm on my way out. So. Uh, I've been having some conversations uh, over these past several weeks with, uh, again, with some of the members of the, of the, of the community. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of taking some time off, even though with, with restrictions now in Croatia about COVID, so online classes with the kids, it's not a sabbatical. <laughs> it's not really a relaxing time, uh, but still, uh, it gives me some time to, to, to you know, uh, Reevaluate what I have done over these 12 years, you know, uh, see some of the things that I love doing, uh, see some of the things that I might not want to do again. Uh, and then, I know, um, the easiest way probably for me uh, is to stay around e-commerce ecosystem because I know it and I like that. Uh, in terms of whether, whether it's going to be similar, you know, agency experience or something completely different, I'm fairly open to, to new experiences in that regard. Great. And as I close out, uh, I always give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug, you know, to <laughs> to promote anything you'd like. What what would you like to promote today? Okay. So, well, I have actually two things. For one, um, 12 years is 12 years. Hey, so inchu.net, I-N-C-H-O-O.net, for anyone who is looking for a solid, great Magento partner, that's, you know, you don't have to look elsewhere. So they're, they're still a great team who can handle any kind of Magento project. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm based in Croatia. I live in Croatia. So Croatia, especially, uh, is known, for, especially in the U.S., for, for its sea and for the, the nice beaches. Uh, but one thing that, that has really been a good thing uh, over the past year or so throughout the pandemic is that uh, Croatia has opened up uh, for digital nom digital nomads, right? So you have EU, right? So that's the freedom of movement, so anyone can work, travel anywhere, bar the COVID restrictions, right? <laughs> Other than that, uh, Croatia has, starting in 2021, has started a digital nomads visa 
it's a permit for any non-EU resident, primarily for US uh, people, uh, to stay to live in Croatia for up to 12 months. You know, no questions asked. <laughs> so it's a permit for a long-term stay. Uh, and this is being uh, uh, done and this is being taken advantage of by a lot of US actually uh, residents who are traveling, who have found and it's fairly affordable to, to live in Croatia. And there are a lot of different homes who are offering that type of long-term stay options. So if you, if you are in keen for, for remote work and you're looking for a country where you can uh, actually live on a uh, in a much more affordable way with your salary and earning from the states from anywhere else in the world and still have a great views take take a, i don't know take a swim you know in march if you want to so there there there's really great options for non-e residents or anyone who is listening you should visit dnacroatia.com so dnacroatia.com that's a digital nomads association uh, of for Croatia. Over there you can learn a lot about what it takes to travel, to come, live in Croatia and work, you know, for your current employer or for yourself if you are a freelancer. So it's, this is a great place to be. And if you do uh, decide to come, you know, you know, feel free to give me a call. Maybe we can meet for a coffee or a beer. All right. That's fantastic. And, um, we cannot swim here in our lakes in March. In fact, yesterday <laughs> I was out around the lakes and there was a whole group of people doing kite surfing, uh, which was really cool. And it's not surfing as you would think. It's it's on uh, it's on a big frozen lake, and they're going across this lake probably sixty miles an hour with. Well, there's both uh, wind surfing on the ice and there's kite surfing. So, you know, uh, uh, for um, if if there's no snow, if it's a, just straight up ice. You can go more than 160 kilometers an hour on the ice. It's crazy fast. You know, more than 100 miles an hour. So, anyway, so you don't care if it's fluid or solid. Yes, you just pull up and. <laughs> yeah, right now it's all solid. It's going to be solid until March. <laughs> our lake, we can run, we can walk on our lakes from uh, from, <laughs> de from December until March. Anyways, so. Uh, not not a plug for Minnesota. Well, if you like that winter outdoor lifestyle, that is a great place to be. So, anyways, Aaron, I really appreciate you being here. It sounds like we'll have to do a we should do a, a follow up conversation with the, with your next chapter in life, and we can continue to Why talk not? about how we can improve uh, Magento Association and the and the um, communications around it. <laughs> sure. Thank you so Thanks much for being having, here. Having me, Brent. The Talk Commerce Podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. 
Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.